0: Welcome to Moves That Matter. I am your host again, Dr. Clyde Posley. We're glad to have you with us. It seems like it's been too long. It's only been six days, but it's been too long since I've been back with you. I'm delighted to have you tune in tonight. Uh, Please, if you don't mind, hit your share button. Let some people know that Dr. Clyde Posley is on with Moves That Matter, and he has a tremendous teaching, a powerful teaching, uh, to help us get prepared for this powerful week uh, leading up to Mother's Day. Uh, just before i get into that teaching though that i believe is going to be transformative in your life i want to remind you about a couple of great things going on for me uh relative to my latest book this out which is more than icons and images uncovering the hidden protest narrative of the black athlete in the 21st century uh the sales are going well um uh, selling out most of the times i'm having uh, book sell uh sellings or, or at, at vendors and it's also going well on amazon well, I've also had the privilege of uh, being interviewed by C-SPAN, C-SPAN, and it will be airing uh, Mother's Day morning this coming Sunday morning at 7.50. I know some of you will be getting re- dressed and unable to uh, catch it. But you can uh, You go to my Facebook page, Dr. Clyde Posa. You can tap in and log in to where you want it to air, where you want to see it when it airs. That's on C-SPAN, and I'll be uh, interviewed as a black political scientist and uh, relative to black athletes and their political stand and voice in the United States. So I'm honored to be doing that. You can get order the book, More Than Icons and Images, at the uh, website on the bottom of your screen there, drclyposey.com. You can contact me at Clyde at DrClydePosley.com. You can hit me on Twitter. You can hit me on Instagram. Uh, or you can go to my Facebook page, Dr. Clyde Posley. But let's communicate. And while I'm teaching today, feel free to, uh, give your comments. Please share it with other people because we're sharing truths that are designed to bless the kingdom. Not just the this, you, you as a current here, but the kingdom. I'm going to be right back in just a moment, prepared to teach you some principles that are life changing. You don't want to miss this. I'll be right back. Hi, I'm back. And as promised, I have a word, instruction for you filled with principles that I believe will change your life and get you through this season that some of you are suffering with and others have suffered with and others may suffer with. I want to talk for a few moments about overcoming the spirit of separation anxiety, overcoming the spirit of separation anxiety. If in, in the, uh, got in the book of first Thessalonians, Chapter 2, I want to use a scripture as a foundation to a topical teaching that I intend to do today. And for for you theologians who are listening to me, by virtue of the fact that I said a topical teaching, that means I won't be particularly exegizing this passage. I will not be using hermeneutics so much for this passage, as I will use this as a platform to speak of what the Bible has to say about what develops from the topic that I established. So this is not a textual sermon or textual uh, uh, teaching, but it is a topical uh, teaching. And I'm using this platform to springboard into that conversation. In the book of 1 Thessalonians, chapter 2, the Apostle Paul in his his, uh, epistle uh, to the church at Thessalonica, the mother of Macedonia, as it has been called, I want to bring up verse 18. Verse 18, Paul says something here in his discussion about why uh, he has not been with the church in the city of Thessalonica and in Macedonia more. He gives a reason why. He says in verse 18, wherefore, we would have come unto you, even I, Paul, once and again. But he says, Satan hindered us. Satan hindered us. Brothers and sisters separation anxiety was at the core of Paul's instruction and conversation with the church at Thessalonica at this particular time of our writing. Uh, Paul was, if you you check the writings, this is the passage of scripture ultimately that that leads to Paul discussing the rapture. How uh, we we shall not all sleep, but in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, we shall be changed and be and be um, uh, conformed unto Him, uh, be, be made like unto Christ in the rapture. But Paul opens up that conversation at the end of chapter, at the middle of chapter four, by saying in verse thirteen, "I would not have you to be ignorant concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not even as others which have no hope." What Paul brings up is the fact that they have contacted him, informing him uh, uh, that they have questions and concerns about what's going to happen to the people who have come to Christ but have already died. Or are they going to come to, are, are we going to, um, when the coming second coming comes, are we going to be away from them? Are they going to, because they died first, are they going to miss what we get to enjoy? No, Paul explains that we're going to meet them together in the Lord, meet them in the air together, and so shall we all be with the Lord. Their questions reveal that they had separation anxiety about the people who had gone before, and, and how they were going to proceed forward in God without people that were paramount originally to them, maybe understanding God or who had battled with them through the struggles and terrorism that it took to come to God. What their struggle reveals is that separation anxiety can be a reality in the life of people. Even though you have met Jesus, there are some people who struggle with various expressions of separation anxiety Uh, In their lives, even though second Corinthians chapter five and verse 21 says, uh, verse 17 says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature that old things have passed away and behold, all things are become new. That tells us that even though you have a new life, you can be, you can be hindered. You can struggle with some of your old tendencies, there are some spirits that come from Satan. There are some demonic activities that though you are saved, cannot possess your life, but can come in. Spirits can come in and oppress or depress your life. And thus, as a child of God, you can accept Jesus, be born again, be a new creature in Christ, and and yet have a spirit of separation anxiety. Why is this relevant today? And explain to me another way, if you will, Pastor, in which this is relevant today. About four days from today, we will see. We will be celebrating Mother's Day, and for many people, Mother's Day is a is a period where anxiety arises. It arises for several reasons. For some people, anxiety arises. Because their mother has gone on to be with the Lord, and they miss her. And a day like Mother's Day causes them to reflect on not only the great things that she brought into your life in the spirit realm and even tangible things, but it can also help cause you to reflect on the fact that she physically is not here. The, the memory of people can live in the things they've given and in the words they've said and in the wisdom that they've instructed. But we are a physical, tangible, connective people. We, 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 we need the, the kinetics of, kin, uh, of connectivity. And uh, when, when someone like a mother has gone on to be with the Lord, sometimes it's just hard to, to look at that empty chair, to look at that empty chair and know that they're not there. My mother has gone on to be with the Lord. And I want to tell you, I absolutely miss my mother. I miss her. I miss her cooking. I miss her teaching. I miss her sense of humor. So I understand how someone can go through the anxiety of that separation, uh, caused by that separation. But then there's also an anxiety that some people endure because their mother is alive and not as well as they would like them to be. It's a difficult thing to rec- to to have your mother here, but in a sense not here. She's not herself. She's not uh, either physically or mentally, not who who she once was, who you knew her to be, and it's hard sometimes. And Mother's Days often have the ability to highlight em- by em- while emphasizing mother as, and loving mothers. Mother's Day have the uh, have a tendency to help some of us slip into the anxiety of yesterday and what she once was. Physically, she can't maybe not be able to walk, may not be able to cook like she used to, can't attend church like she used to, is not herself. And sometimes that anxiety uh, arises from that. And then there are some who struggle from the anxiety with Mother's Day because, quite frankly, you haven't had a good relationship with your mother. And there's been some hindrances and some things that have gone on, and maybe mother made some decisions that you that you wish she hadn't have made, or maybe you made some decisions in your life and caused a separation of some sort between you and your mother, emotionally and physically. Whatever the case, I want to tell you today that we serve a God that can heal whatever separation anxieties we might have as a related as relates to our experience with with our mother. In order for me to teach this properly, one of the things I need to get over to you is that separation anxiety is always a spiritual thing, and it is always an attempt of Satan to hinder your progress in the spirit realm. I need you to hear what I'm saying. This, this passage of scripture, Paul says he would have gone to a different place physically. He would have visited Thessalonica more physically, but Satan actually hindered, got in the way, put up roadblocks, stood in the way of him getting into doing his uh, missionary assignment to, to its fullest. Remember, Paul was, went on uh, three missionary journeys. And Paul was the most uh, celebrated gospel globe trotter, as the late Doctor Tommy L. Hines used to call him. He was the, a great gospel globe trotter. He went around doing everything, at every he visited over twenty three different nations. And here we have a passage, though the Apostle Paul is saying Satan hindered him from doing, going, and being somewhere he needed to be. Now, Paul is speaking in the spirit, in the physical realm here, that Satan got in the way of his physical activity. But I need you to understand something. If Satan can hinder our ability to be somewhere that we need to be physically, then he can hinder our ability to move somewhere we need to move spiritually. I believe that's good. I'm, I'm going to say amen to my, for myself. If 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 Satan can, and according to this passage, he can, if he can hinder our ability to get somewhere that we should, where we should be physically, then he can also hinder our ability to move in the spirit realm to where we need to be as well. And when you allow separation anxiety to keep you from growing in the grace of God and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, when you allow fear and past pains and failures and hurts and disappointments, when you allow decisions by God, to keep you upset about what God has chosen to take out of your life because he's trying to add something to your life. When you allow those things to happen, you are allowing Satan to hinder your spirit from moving to from one place to another. What can we do about this? How can we stop allowing uh, separation anxiety to um, hinder where we should be in the spirit realm? First of all, from a spiritual perspective, let's look at what separation anxiety is separate for the purposes of this teaching. Separation anxiety is simply being agitated, annoyed, frustrated, and therefore fearful about what is no longer in your presence. Separation anxiety is to make up your mind that you are going to experience negative emotions, negative have negative reactions, walk in fear and not faith, doubt and not hope because of some nouns absence in your life, some person, some place or some things. Absence in your life and your reaction to that that departure of that person, place, or thing is that you have doubts or or stagnation about moving forward. Can I tell you something? You are filled with the Holy Spirit if you are a child of God, and God has not called us to to fear, but to be to to be, to have a strong mind and to walk in power. The same Paul said that we can we we have to stop allowing what what is taken from us to keep us from what God is trying to give to us. Because one principle that is true is that anything that God takes from us is only taken because it is now in the way of what God is trying to give to us. God never takes, I said God now, God never takes anything from us unless that thing is now in the way of what God is trying to give to us. And sometimes God will take a mother or God will move a parent or God will move a situation out of your life and we decide to put a negative spin on it. The truth of the matter is the Bible says that all things work together for the good of them who love God to them who are the called according to his purpose. You might decide that a person's death was bad. You might have decided that mama's death was bad, but you don't have the right to decide what what, when God does something, uh, is good or bad. God doesn't do anything bad. He's not a sinner. He cannot do anything bad. Every good gift comes from God. If God brought something in your life, even though you cried behind it, it's good if it came from God because God doesn't give his children bad gifts. That's good stuff right there. God can't give you nothing bad because God would have to have sin in him to give you something bad. If God gave it from you, you just need to figure out how it's good, because if it came from God, it's a good thing. Now, let me say this. And so with that said, how do we begin to confront separation anxiety? How do we begin to confront separation anxiety? The first way we begin to confront separation anxiety is to realize that separation from from separation in life um, that is painful, that we allow to be painful always comes from Satan. Satan's whole goal is to use separation somehow to create pain in your life. You cannot let uh, Satan's, Satan be in control of your perspective of separation. I'm gonna say that again. You cannot lay, let Satan be in control of your perspectives of separation. Let me let me give you an example of what I mean. Um, in the 22nd chapter of the book of Luke, Jesus called Simon Peter over away from the other disciples and said unto him, Simon, Simon, listen, Satan has desired to have you. And then he said that he may sift you as wheat. He says, but I prayed for you that your faith fail not. Watch this. And when thou art converted, strengthen your brother. Now, he calls Peter over in Luke chapter 22 and says to him, listen, Satan has come to me and said to me, he wants to have you. And then he says what Satan wants to have you for. He wants to create some separation in your life. But here's the key thing. Most of us get caught up with Satan there. Jesus responds by not saying something. He does say something. He says, but I prayed for you that your faith fail not. And when you are converted, strengthen your brother. Look what he didn't say. He didn't say, it, but I stopped him. Don't worry about it. I'm not going to let him get to you. No, no. Jesus said, listen, let him. And, and, and he came to me and I said, I'm going to let him get to you because I want him to try to use sifting to create. A sifter is a separator. A sifter is a separator. A sifter is designed. You, you, you great cooks out here know that a sifter is. Is designed to separate. It's designed to shake up and, se- and separate. But let me tell you something. We have got to learn. God allows Satan to come into the life of Peter and attempt to sift him as wheat and only offers his prayers for him because as children of God, here's a principle for you. We've got to learn how to steward separation. Boy, this is good stuff. I know I know. Pastor Hudson wants to say amen, but he, he just can't because he's producing today. I need y'all to understand something. We've got to learn how to steward separation because here's a reality. Separation in life is not going to stop because you don't know how to steward it. I said separation in life. People are not going to stop dying because you don't know how to handle it. People are not going to stop graduating and moving to the next state where their job is because you don't know. Well, you won't let God teach you how to handle it. God is not going to stop the natural effects of sin on the universe in your life because you don't know how to steward the separation. God is not going to stop allowing people to go around the world and elections to change and we get new people in office. Because you don't let him teach you how to steward separation, and Jesus allowed Satan to bring separation into the life of Peter. Because Mister Keyholder, keys to the kingdom of God, gonna preach on the first day of Pentecost. Peter has got to learn that to stu- properly steward the separation that happened in our lives is a part of being a kingdom child of God. You've got to learn to do it. Fathers die mothers go on to be with the Lord, children grow on, go on to be with the Lord, jobs change, people in office switch, uh, some members leave our churches, other members come to our churches, we get in new relationships, sometimes divorce happens, sometimes marriages happen. We have to learn to let the Holy Ghost guide our separation stewardship and Satan is always trying to get you to make missteps at the moments of separation, because if he can get you in a moment of separation, he can mess with you. If you Watch this. That's part of the reason, in my view, why as soon as Jesus was baptized and his father had said, this is my beloved son, hear ye him in the third chapter of Matthew, and the Holy Spirit landed on Jesus' shoulder uh, in, the, uh, in the form of a dove, causing a theophany to take place, one of two in Scripture. The next thing that happened is the Bible says in the first chapter, in the first verse of the fourth chapter of the book of Matthew, is that the Holy Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. We have a we have all three of the Godheads show up uh, in, at the baptism of Jesus, and then immediately, immediately, Jesus is separated to deal with Satan. You cannot be used of God until you know how to steward separation in your life that comes from satan let me give you another example i'm gonna move on here i'm not gonna be that much longer but john the baptist failed with separation anxiety if you check in the book of matthew i believe it's around chapter uh, chapter 11 of the book of matthew and i may not may be wrong i have to go back and make sure my producer will make sure that it's up on the screen properly i want everybody to get this john the baptist was struggling in Herod's prison with separation anxiety he had obeyed what the Holy Spirit had told him to do. He had Jesus had told him what to do. And then he gets arrested because uh, Herod's wife wants him, him decapitated and, and, and killed for preaching the gospel. After, just before John the Baptist, who was the first cousin of Jesus, the forerunner of Jesus, who baptized on earth before Jesus did, he actually baptized Jesus before he dies. He sent some of his disciples that had come to to visit him in prison and sent his disciples and said, go ask Jesus. Is he the one that we thought he was? And I'm paraphrasing or shall we look for another? Jesus told him, told his disciples, go back and tell John the blind see. The dead are raised. The deaf hear. In other words, I am who they said I was. And then Jesus, if you let me paraphrase, Jesus says, At the end of that stanza, in response to John's, his cousin's question while he was in prison, blessed is he who is not offended in me. Sometimes when we, when God, when separation and being separated from some noun, people, places or things is a part of what's required for us to obey God. Watch this now, lean into the screen. We get offended at God. Sometimes because of how God chooses to do his will. And the devil sits back and takes joy when we get offended at God because God chooses to take something from our lives, us assuming that God is punishing us. We cannot, we cannot let separation anxiety become a, remain a demonic tool and keep us from God's best. Because God only takes from so he can add to, boy, that's good stuff. God only takes from in order to add to what he's trying to do to you. Well, listen, um, I'm going to pick this up next week. I'm going to pick this up next week. I know you're on the tiptoes of anticipation, but I'm going to pick this up right next week. And I'm going to do part two of overcoming the spirit of separation anxiety. I want you guys to tune in. I want you to be, cause I'm excited about this teaching, but I've got a bit of a time constraint, but I promise you next week, you're not going to want to miss this because anytime the devil is trying to give you anxiety about separation is because you are near your redemption about something is drawing near. There's a manifestation. God is trying to give. Don't get tricked by the devil. God bless you. I'm going to see you next week. I look forward to t- resuming this teaching. Let me close by telling you this. In life, whether you know it or not, you're always making moves. Use your will carefully and make your moves move that matter. God bless you. I'll see you next week.